Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 99 of oh, All Booked Up, the Buffalo and Erie County Public Libraries podcast about books, movies, and all things pop culture. I'm your host, Michelle Snyder. And I am Jacob Miracle. Don't you think because we make it to 99 episodes, you can just be interjecting in the intro? I you think you're fancy now. Try to do something else, man. We're switching it up a little bit. You think because I made you listen to that song where it goes, 99. Look, that was. You introduced me to Billie Eilish, and I, I was just kind of like, eh, I've heard this Here's song the thing, I just times. want the world I mean, to know. I have, I have literally no opinion of Billie Eilish, except she's young, and at 17, if I was writing songs, I'd be like, dope. But I do feel like I heard her one song and was like, oh, this feels bond themish to me. So I think yeah, well, the Bond see. song that they'll create, because her brother does all the writing, will be, I think it'll be just fine. Well, she is a performer when you put it like that. I think it'll be just <sighs> fine. I am so annoyed by that other video, that 99 song you were singing there, because I got anachronistically annoyed as a gamer that this kid is running around singing about 1999 playing a Super Nintendo controller. Like, I am physically oh, no. ill. Physically ill. Oh, boy. 1999 is PlayStation. So Let there never be anything worse correct. than that happening to you. <sighs> Kids these days, millennials, goes, they don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> oh, my God. And he's a bad lip syncer. And, oh, oh he's got that curly, shaggy okay, hair. Okay, Grandpa. He'll get off your lawn. Can we move on? Here, I have something that will make you feel way better. Guy doesn't even got a beard, for goodness this sake. This is going to make you feel way better, Okay. Um, so I just heard the story. I hope that you haven't. Oh. Um, so you know that it's it's very cold in Florida right now. So I've heard. Yeah, it's like 40s and under. Poor guys. Um, so there's been, like, some of the iguanas are freezing. Okay. Which, that's a bummer. Ooh, I like where this is going. Yes, because it's Florida, because you know. So some kind-hearted man <laughs> in his master plan wanted to save all these frozen iguanas. So he drove around just collecting them and putting them in his car. I assume he was going to take them somewhere. Sure. But you see, while he was driving around with his car full of frozen iguanas, the car is quite warm. Yeah. Yeah. I see where this is going. So they all came back (laughs) and went crazy. And then he ended up crashing his car. Well, of course. Yes. Because suddenly his body was covered in iguanas. See, Florida. Seriously now, you you guys want us to not make fun of you, and you, you got a guy who doesn't understand how you, you get iguanas unfreeze. I mean, he was just trying to be nice. Can you imagine, though? That's a literal nightmare. You're in your car. It's like <laughs> if you just hear a sound and you turn, and the iguana says, like, yeah. It's like jumping on his face as he's driving. That's so funny to me. Oh, my um, God. So, see, don't you feel better now about... I actually, I actually felt like that story was going to go like people were having a, a frozen iguana fights and just throwing iguanas at each other. That would be a terrible story. But that's that's nobody, called Florida for nobody you. Nobody wants that story. I don't oh. know about that. I, I would I would laugh. Oh, I laugh at this story. <laughs> and, you know, there's probably a couple of iguanas that died in that accident. So, tell me, Jacob. Yes. Let me get you back in it. Are you reading anything interesting lately? Um, I'm jumping around between a couple of things. I'm, like looking forward more to like books that I'm hearing that are on the horizon. So I'm kind of, you know, excited about that. Oh, definitely. Kind of reading like some console wars, getting some more video game knowledge on. Uh, what? Trying to find like a new fantasy series. I'm having a heck of a time getting them. I, I want to get into that Name of the Wind one, but 
Like, oh. It's always checked out, and I don't have time to read it. It's the greatest thing ever, but don't bother because he's never going to write book three. Oh, so until I'm he sure writes he book will. three, it's been like a decade. He just got his Showtime show canceled, so I'm sure he's going to be Oh, trying. did it get canceled? Oh, yeah. Apparently the pilot was terrible. Mm. Uh, I guess maybe don't Do hire Lin-Manuel Marquez for a fantasy show because it's not really his genre. Lin-Manuel Miranda. Oh, I'm you sorry. You didn't say his name right. I was thinking of the boxer. He's only Alexander Hamilton. Um, Did you ever read that Stormlight Archive series? No. By Brandon Sanderson. No, I that's did a not. really good one. So there's going to be ten in total. What is it? Stormlight. Stormlight Archive. The first book is called The Way of Kings. Okay. No, I didn't check those. It's out. long though. Literally. So I listened to the first one on audio, and it was what was it? Forty hours. And oh. I have the second one in Audible, and it's like forty-eight hours. Does Stellan Skarsgård read it? I mean, that would be cool. The, the author's good. I'm currently listening to this book. Um, Exhalation by that Ted Chiang. It was on a bunch of lists. It's a bunch of science fiction short stories. Also pretty dope. Oh, you know what I want? I want to just like get Werner Herzog to just like do read, everything. Read children's books. Imagine <laughs> him reading like the Cat in the Hat through audiobook. Like I would buy that. Every I day. want to just meet him and beg him to leave my phone message. That would be pretty. Michelle, good. she cannot get the phone right now. <laughs> so she good. is stuck in a volcano. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but like you were saying, um, if the books that I've seen that are kicking off this new decade are any indication of what's to come, I think it should be a pretty good few years of reading because there seems to be a lot of stuff. There's some good stuff on the horizon, some older I mean, granted, stuff coming back. It's that it's just like trailers, I feel, it is when you see a new book and you have a summary where you might get so jazzed. And then sometimes you end up seeing it or reading it, and you're like, darn it, they did a really good job marketing it. Because yeah. it looked really good. I mean, it's weird enough when a book does a good job marketing it, anything in the 21st century. So like, when I getting... mean, that Where the Crawdads thing, I don't know if it's the marketer, her publicist, but like, kudos to that person because they put that book everywhere, and it made everyone feel like they had to read it because it was in your face, and it just won the triple crown of publishing. Mm. It was the most sold print book, most sold ebook, and most sold e-audiobook. Way to go, guys. I don't know what it's about, but good for you guys. Bedelia Owens. It was a sweet book. Bedelia, that's a fake name. Delia? That's, that's a pen name. Bedelia. Oh, no, it's Delia. Oh, maybe that's that one could be real. I think it's her name. I saw an interview with her. It's the last she time you met somebody named Bedelia. Bedelia. It's just Delia. Why do you no, keep adding letters to the front of it? Because I know I remember my Adelia, old books. Adelia, I remember Amelia Bedelia, man. I think she ruined that name oh, for everybody. Oh, boy. Um, anyway, so, yeah. Oh, and I'd like to just take a moment because we actually just talked about where the crawdads sang in the... The Central Library has a book club. It's called Literally Speaking. We meet once a month. It's the third Tuesday of the month, and we go over... We have a list of books that you know, the community reads, and then we chat about them. And we found out um, last week that one of the members who she came all the time for years, extremely passionate about the books, and she would get very animated, but she just died. Oh, well, that's so, Yeah, we'll miss you, Margaret. Just wanted oh. to well, that's a way to bring the show up to a new level there, Michelle. I'm sorry. I mean, I can only keep it so high with the iguanas. Oh. I had to have a shout-out for Margaret. Fro but <laughs> frozen iguana fight. It's going to be like this. That's going to be our uh, our new screensaver on our tw I'll, Twitter page. I'll see what I can do about that. But, uh, yeah, so we wanted to talk about some new buzzy books that are coming out. A lot of them are coming out um, this month. Some already did. 
And yeah, there's just some exciting stuff on the horizon. So let's talk about it. Get your holds in. Let's do it. And then I guess you can add us if it ends up being terrible. But these are all books that I am I am planning on reading. I'm going to put an honorable mention in here, as I do every year on this particular episode of our show, uh, for Winds of Winter, because it might come out this oh, year. Oh, just stop it. There's a possibility. Just stop yourself. There's a new show in a year or two that he might want to pos- He's not going to He's not going to. He's not going to. It's kind of the same. It's kind Neither of the, is Patrick Rothfuss. We're never getting any conclusions. You already know how it ends, so what do you care? Well, because if you were smart, you changed the ending. Just that simple. But that was the ending he wanted. Yeah, that's the ending he quote unquote wanted. Because if he wanted an ending, he would have wrote an ending. He didn't have an ending, so he let the the double D's come up with it. He didn't. I read a whole thing with him. He's like, that is the ending that I told them. Mm-hmm. I said that's how it ends up. It was George R. R. Martin winking hysterically at the camera. You're giving that man way too much credit. No, I'm giving him no, that. I'm getting him no credit because I don't think he wrote the end to his own dang story, and that's it's annoying to me. <laughs> And you let two guys who thought that a show about the Confederacy. Okay, but I do I do think you're just making that up because he literally came out and said I did. Yeah, so you but he can't also just said say the, that it's not true. He also said the book's written and then it'll come out next month, three years ago. So <laughs> you can't believe a word that George R. R. Martin says now, unfortunately. I guess. Well, the thing about the Brandon Sanderson series okay. is he has a literal like bar on his website that shows what percentage of the book he has written. See. And he updates it all the time, and then he'll be like, it is finished. I am now in stage one of editing the rough draft. and So it's really nice. That guy gets it, That man. guy gets he, it. He knows what's up. And I, I don't understand how he can write so many words. Like, 48 hours of listening? Are you for real? No. Yeah, it's like, that no, is no thank so, you, that man. Is, that's a really long time, but it's good. It's worth it. Okay, let's get into some new books coming out. The first one I want to talk about, I picked... You can you can shame me all you want. Oh, I'm going to. I'm I sure. picked it for its cover. Okay. This is the best movies back in the day. looking cover I have ever seen. Oh. It's gorgeous. The book is called Creatures by Chrissy Van Meter. It came hmm. out January 7th of this year. And then I'm going to give a synopsis of it, and we can see what we think about it. So it's on the eve of Evangeline's wedding on the shore of Winter Island. A dead whale is trapped in the harbor. The groom may be lost at sea, and Evie's mostly absent mother has shown up out of the blue. I feel like that is a solid start to anything. That's interesting. Super random. So she grew up with her well-meaning but negligent father, surviving on the money that he made, dealing the island's world-famous strain of weed, which was called Winter Wonderland. Nice. And although her father raised her with a deep respect for the elements and the sea and the creatures living within it, he also left her to parent herself. So this is um, a debut novel. I've heard really good things about it. The narrative is going to kind of flow back and forth through time, um, which I really like in books. That's oh, like a for sure. stylistic choice that I like. And then she kind of reckons with her complicated upbringing. You're going to get a lot of um, the wild land, the coast, the creatures, aka mm. the title. Um, but yeah, reviews so far out say that it's really lovely. It probes the complexities of love, abandonment, guilt, forgiveness, betrayal, grief. Were there no other things that it could cover? Um, And the ways that our childhoods can threaten our ability to love if we're not brave enough to conquer the past. This is, I think, a good book for you to read. You think? Things for you to come to terms. You're trying to give me some hints there? Things for you to come to terms. On my personality. (laughs) Oh, it'll make you incapable to love later in life. Jacob, you should totally read this. I'm I'm sorry, was that heavy? Jeez. Didn't mean it at all. It's totally random. Just thought you'd like the cover. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that you're looking out for me. (laughs) 
right. What what else are you excited about? Okay, so actually one that I'm excited about is uh, it's going to be one of the biggest books of the year. They don't have an exact what? release date okay. on it. It is The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes by Suzanne Collins. Do you know what this one is? This is that's the mocking or the Hunger Games. Leader. Yes, it is the prequel to the Hunger Games, set 64 years before the current um, book series, which I quite enjoyed and I've actually read twice. And they just announced the gimmick of this book, which can either be really good or really terrible. What's the gimmick? The gimmick is this is going to be an origin story of President Snow. So this is going to be when mm. he is young. And when he is, I assume, in the Hunger Games, I, we're kind of vague on if he's actually in there or what's going on with him. But this is kind of what... I think what, he started. The no, Hunger, he didn't start oh, the he Hunger didn't Games. Hunger Games was 10 years old by in the when this story's going on. So he's got oh, some kind okay. of factor in there. Um, but it's going to um, show his story when he was not the you know horrible authoritarian dictator that he becomes later on in the series. When he was more of like a young, charismatic, likable kind that's, of person and then interesting. see where he started and then try to parallel to where he ends up and like I, what could have caused it. I loved the book Hunger Games. I wasn't as big on the other two, but I felt it got a little more YA where it became kind of a love triangle, little which bit. I didn't like as much as the dystopian idea. So if this one is kind of similar to just the Hunger Games first book, that sounds pretty great. Yeah, I like the idea that this one is going to have to, almost by the nature of what it is, it's going to have to be a little darker than the other ones because we know where this guy is going. So even if you make him the most likable person in the world, he's still going to be the worst person in this entire series. So I'm very curious how it's going to go. I don't like the fact that I'm going to have Donald Sutherland in my head as I'm reading the book. That's going to be a little weird. And the thought that, like, what is a 20-year-old? Well, when he's young, you can just picture Kiefer. No, if, well, when he's young, I can just picture Donald Sutherland because the guy's looked like a 1,000 years old my entire <laughs> life. Like, that's the true. dude's never looked young. He's one of those dudes. So okay. oh, it's going to be very... It's gonna be very weird. To see. It, it sounds like someone just crashed. I know. The wall. Somebody just somebody just had in their thought the, he- the idea of a young. Uh, okay, I didn't even Donald hear that Trump. that was happening. Yeah, they but just, you don't know when it's coming out. No, they didn't. Are you sure it's even 2020? It's definitely 2020. Okay. Because um, they just started. They started like the marketing machine up the other day, so they're like, "This is gonna be our big book of the year." Okay, cool. So we'll see how it goes. Um, so the next one on my list, I feel like this is that book you're gonna start to see everywhere. It's called Long Bright River. By Liz Moore. It came out January 7th. This is a Good Morning America book club pick. And I feel like any of those books, if Reese Witherspoon picks it, if Sarah Jessica Parker picks it, anyone that's picking these books, Jenna Bush has one. It's not a Matt Lauer pick, is it? Oh, boy. Um, And it is about in a Philadelphia neighborhood, um, which is rocked by the opioid crisis. Two once inseparable sisters find themselves at odds because there's one which is Casey and she lives on the streets in the vice of addiction, and the other is Mickey, um, who walks the same blocks but on her police beat. So they don't speak anymore, but Mickey is obviously always worrying about her sibling, and then Casey ends up disappearing, which is at the same time that a mysterious string of murders begins in Mickey's district, and Mickey becomes dangerously obsessed with finding the culprit and her sister. So this is also alternating um, a present-day mystery with the story of the sister's childhood and adolescence. Again, I like that. And everything I've seen about it from from reviews is that it's heart-pounding, it's heart-wrenching, it's a really good suspense novel, but it's also very moving because it's about sisters um, and addiction and then, you know, familial ties that persist over time it has a huge press run 
um, or print run and press campaign behind it. So I'm thinking this is like Crawdads where they're going to shove it everywhere in your face. But everything that I have seen so far says that it lives up to the hype. Okay. So, yeah, this is on my list to read very soon, and I'm pretty excited about it. I've been getting more into um, mystery suspense books. Not usually my genre. Um, but I feel like now they're less just kind of murder mystery pulp and they're very, they're like literary murder mysteries. So they're just like well-written, excellent stories that kind of have that twist. And I've been finding myself kind of drawn to that. So more like, uh, Knives Out and less like the, um, like the first 48. Is that the kind of like things you like more, a little more twisty, um, mystery kind of? Yeah. Like that ton of French had some that came out that I just started reading, like where the Mm. person is there. It's a good writer. Like it's a good story. It's not just like, give me the murder. You know what I mean? So I I don't know. I think this sounds pretty good and I'm going to check it out. I don't think I'll be able not to because it's going to probably be all over this building. It's quite literally your job to read (laughs) these books. So I'm, I'm sure you'll be right on top of it. Plus you like reading. That helps. I do like reading, but a librarian's job is not to read. We're doing other things, Jacob. Well, I know. I know that. The that, public in general. That makes me want to interject with this whole other thing. Did so there Reese Witherspoon has a book club. Of course. I think it's called Hello Sunshine. I always enjoy about. watching the battles between her and Oprah's book club. Well, she is the, she picked Crawdads, so pretty much Reese is the queen of that right now because that book became everything. But she just posted this video that my friend sent me because she's like, Oh my god, you have to do this. And I'm like laughing. So Reese comes out and she's like, we want to hire someone to help with our book club. So what we want is someone who's extremely well read and like loves reading. So I was like, okay, I'm interested. And then it was followed with, and they need to be like really funny. Like I like to laugh. So let's get some humor. So I'm like, okay, like a well-read comedian. Got it. Two for two. And then she's like, and you know, you got to love dancing because who doesn't love dancing? And I'm like, okay, so you need a well-read comedian dancer. And then it was like, you have to be good on camera, translation, thin and pretty. And then what else? Oh, and it was like, and if, if you're a librarian, like that's even better. And I was like, time out. Librarians have like master degrees. Don't say you just, you need someone who loves reading and then be like, and they have to be a librarian. That's not the same thing. I just do just say that's like acting that that stereotype that librarians just chill all day and read books, which maybe I thought they did too. Maybe that's why I went to school for it. It turns out is inaccurate. It's very much. I have to work all day. Um, But then there was like something else, and I was like, oh, so you need this person who has a master's degree, who's worked in a library, who has tons of free time to read, who's really good on camera. Oh, you have to be very good at interviewing people. You can dance, and you're funny. Like, get out of here. It's literally, (laughs) literally the two of us. We we should just sign up with it right away. Yeah, that's that's it. But anyway, I just saw that, and I was I was kind of laughing. I do not think that I will be applying. Uh, Why not? You can bust out the sprinkler. You'll be uh, people be all over you to get you on TV then. Because the person they pick is going to be like the cutest hipster with oversized glasses you know and what? dyed blonde right. hair. And can we can we lose the oversized glasses, ladies? It, it's I, it's like seeing a guy with like a faux hawk at this point. It's like, oh my <laughs> god, cute. here comes this one. And now. it's always like the cutest girls with the ugliest grandma glasses that they can find. Do you like my poodle skirt? I got it at a uh, at a yard sale the other week. It's so adorable. A poodle skirt? Well, I you went you went a little too far there. But you I, know what? You're gonna walk in here, and some of your other favorite librarians are gonna be wearing poodle skirts, and you're gonna be like, oh. I don't. I wish I, don't I did that. I don't know if I doubt head. it. So thank you for allowing me that rant. And if anyone wants to apply, go check out Wh- Reese Witherspoon's book site, and maybe it's for you. 
Yeah. Go get it. Michelle's going to get it, everybody. It, yeah, it's I'm liter- literally, literally made for her. I'm not going for that. And what do you got? All right. So the next one I got, uh, I thought looked very interesting. Uh, it's a new William Gibson book, who was the man behind uh, Neuromancer. Sure. I don't know if you've ever heard about that book. <laughs> no, I've never heard of William Pretty, pretty fun little his, sci-fi. Um, his huge beginning. books. Yeah. yeah. I wouldn't say huge, but it was pretty He's good. incredibly popular sci-fi writer. Well, I know he's incredibly popular, but, you know, I, I wouldn't know if I use huge... It's in. It's not important. So, anyways, he's, his new book is a sci-fi thriller uh, that's going to be about weaving two timelines a century apart. So, you know, I'm hmm. always a fan when they start doing that one. You like the big distance apart, seeing far into the future. Yeah, because I feel like it's a mirror into our own society, especially when we get into what the plot is. So, the two timelines. The first is the promise. Um, it's going to focus on like a promise of a huge tech future. Like technology is going to lead us into this new utopia. Everything's going to be awesome. It could only possibly get better. <laughs> I, from I mean, it here. can only be flawless. Right. Nice, happy story. And the second half is about the fallout of the apocalypse brought on by the technology. So hmm. I feel like, you know, it's, it's basically our story because this is how it's all going to end for us. And I feel like this is a big idea in sci-fi right now. We had, of course, uh, 12 Monkeys, which was the time-jumping sci-fi stuff, which I think this might crib off of. There's also the new movie Tenet, the new, uh, wow, my goodness, why am I, Christopher Nolan movie. Oh, uh, John, starring John David Washington, that's going to be it doing a lot awesome. of. Oh, it looks incredible. It looks so awesome. But they're doing a lot of like time manipulation kind of stuff in that movie. So I feel like this could be a good companion piece, and if you are a sci-fi fan like you, like I am, uh, Same. this is going to be just one of those books that okay. seems destined. For I a feel TV bad show because I definitely have a book of his at home that I bought two years ago that I've yet to read. Why? So yeah. just, what, what are you holding off on? It's probably yeah, Neuromancer. Too. It's not. It's not. It's something that was newer. Um, you know, you just. You get books, and then you get more books, and then you get more books. <laughs> uh, if you say so. And then I, you're behind. I have so many books. I, I, will, have, I, I have a list of, I think, 260 books that I have down that I want to read. God. Your, your book list is like my TV show list. It's like the same thing. It's yeah. Like, oh, I'm never going to get to Jack Ryan season yeah, two. Yeah, no. It, feel, <laughs> it feels kind of bad. Okay, that sounds awesome. Um, so this one also futuristic. It's called Followers by Megan Angelo. came out January 14th. Um, it's this is like the hot futuristic debut I'll say because Hollywood's already circling it Mm. and I know that that Abby Jacobson she read it she said it's pure gold like that it's great okay so we'll see um it's a little weird we got some crazy names here but so there's Orla Cadden and she's a budding novelist she's stuck in a dead-end job writing clickbait about movie star hookups and influencer yoga moves I'm really sad for Orla (laughs) and then she meets Floss Oh, who boy. is a striving wannabe A-lister who comes up with a plan for launching both of them into the high-profile lives that they dream about, but the methods are a little shady, but is it that bad, that yada, sounds, yada. Sounds like my kind of gale. Then we see 35 years later in a closed California village where government-appointed celebrities live every moment of the day on camera. Okay. Um, and then we're just going to say that there's another character introduced, a woman named Marlo. She discovers a secret about her past, and she's got all these 
like followers, like 12 million followers of her life, but she's trying to flee these corporate sponsors who kind of trap her on screen. Sounds a little Truman Show e. A little bit, a little bit. Um, but yeah, again, like I said, reviews are out that it's it's wry and tender. It can be bleak, but it's also hopeful, and then it's a darkly funny story that kind of reminds us to stop obsessing over famous people that we will never meet because the thing that you really need in life is genuine human connection people genuine human connection it's better than likes it's better than all of these things that we obsess about and i like i hate that so i am drawn to this book absolute human connection that sounds terrible (laughs) oh stop it who wants to deal with people you love it your favorite day is when you see me you know why human connection but you're a person you're not people uh, person, oh, people are garbage. One person is great. <laughs> people are terrible. <laughs> it's like my entire life credo just written out one little bit there. Person good, people bad. Yeah, pretty much. You're, well, fa- you're fascinating. <laughs> okay. Okay, so uh, the next book I'm going to go with, speaking of terrible people, this one is a new book by Marcelo Hernandez Castillo called Children of the Land. Uh, he is an award-winning poet who is deciding to turn to a personal memoir. Oh, I love when the poets write memoirs. They're always beautiful. Yeah, I don't know if this one's going to be. This one, oh. this one more Are you than... recommending a book you think is going to be terrible? No, I think the book's going to be great. I, the subject matter is going to be a little rough. Okay. So it's a memoir. It's a devastating account of his family's immigration to the U.S. Mm. Uh, from terrifying encounters with ICE officers to his father's eventual deportation and all the fun that's mixed Yay. into the memoir. That sounds, that sounds tough. So, like you said, he's an award-winning poet turned um, author. I guess they're always an author, but turned novelist, which I think is going to be really interesting because if there's one thing poets can do, it's that they can make imagery in your head. Mm-hmm. And I feel like with this kind of story, that's exactly what you're going to need. You're going to need to feel like you're getting sucked into it. You need to see what he remembers, what he saw. Like, I see things from his perspective. And I feel like with the poetry flourishes, he's going to be able to put it in both a memorable and a beautiful way. Especially yeah. considering the terrible subject matter. It makes me think the book that came out last year that on Earth were briefly gorgeous by Ocean Vuong, who the story is, of my life, who is a poet who wrote a memoir, and it was beautiful because it read like poetry. Like I was extremely moved reading it, so I'm getting similar vibes from this it's one. One of the things I love about Corm McCarthy books a lot of the time, despite their very mm-hmm. rough subject matter, is that they're always so beautiful. He is when a you're beautiful writer. He's um, an extremely talented human. But yeah, come check uh, check it out when it comes out, everybody. And the subject matter is going to be a little rough, but it's very important for these days, and it's going to be an interesting read one way or the other. So, do you think you'll read it and cry? I don't think I'll cry. I'll probably read it. I want you to cry. I want to see it. Nah, you gotta like. Will the will the will you rust then? Since you're just a robot man. Yeah, my <laughs> brain will shut off. It'll be like me and Schwarzenegger in Terminator Three. You're just gonna be mid motion and just. Sounds right. Sounds correct. Um. Okay. So now I have also an un uh, nonfiction book. I almost said unfiction. Unfiction. Why is it called that? That actually makes perfect sense. I have an unfiction book. It's called Uncanny Valley. Um. And it's a memoir by Anna Weiner. It came out January 14th. And so, so far, to give you an idea, it's an Amazon best book of January. It's one of Vogue's 22 books to read, the Washington Post, 10 books to read. Um, it's in Elle magazine. It's on the New York Times, 12 books to read in January. Everybody's all about Uncanny Valley. So what it's about is that in her mid-20s, at the height of the tech industry idealism, Anna Weiner, she is stuck, broke, and looking for meaning in her work. 
and you know like any good millennial left a job in book publishing for the promise of new digital economy sure. so she moved from new york to san francisco where she landed a big data startup in the heart of silicon valley bubble there um and it was like a, a world of surreal extravagance and kind of dubious success um she was able to afford, uh, with her $100,000 a year job, she was able to afford a room in a five-bedroom house. For yeah, or probably they just are like, sleep in this room, yeah. and then you never leave work. But you, she you kind of the couch. arrived amidst a, a massive cultural shift as the tech industry is rapidly transformed into a locus of wealth and power rivaling Wall Street. Because, I mean, I don't think it is what people thought it was. Like, it's changed so much. So it's really about um, that and how... She kind of struggled through it. It's part coming of age story and part portrait of an already bygone era that people don't realize. And I guess it's just a rare first person glimpse into this, you know, high flying, reckless startup culture um, at a time of unchecked ambition and unregulated surveillance. All right. So I think that that's going to be very, very interesting and, and very timely. Very super timely. It's right on what we're dealing with now. Our technology dystopia that we are setting up everybody are you excited i We've know been i setting am that up. i have three more books but i'm not going to get to them because yeah. we're out of time so why don't you give us one more and then we'll wrap it up and then i guess we'll save these for another one sure uh go check out interior chinatown by charles Yu. uh it's a new work by him he's acclaimed author if you never heard of him you should go you know oh i check thought this out. was going to be like the inside scoop of filming chinatown this is not accurate. no 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 okay. this was it's it's ish We'll put Ish on there. This guy was a writer on uh, Westworld, so you know he's got some oh, good okay. some good creds. Uh, his basically the story is going to be he's going to investigate Asian American identity and Hollywood conventions through a witty, heartfelt lens. So he's going to basically go and how Asian people are portrayed in the media and in movies oh, because it's not, not the best. Not, everybody, not great. And there's a whole bunch of you know c- things that people just accept about Asian people in movies that probably are nowhere near being true, but people are just kind of like, well, that must be true. They're going to have the the grandmother that doesn't speak English, and they're going to have 50 million people around eating dinner all the time, and nobody, everybody's just yelling at each other all the time. Mm-hmm. Stuff like that that is not really true of the a- Asian-American culture. but Or they could also, it's like, just show them living life. I like mean, just, imagine that. Just normal just Go normal a little more stuff. like the Joy Luck Club or... Uh, you know, I mean, the Joy Luck Farewell, Club was, that's was, a more recent one. Like, yeah, Farewell. I mean, you still had, obviously, the culture and tradition, but they're just they're just people chilling. Yeah, so this is going to be an interesting way to kind of look at all those conventions that we're used to and we're probably kind of gone, um, you know, colorblind to that we just kind of ignore at this point. So okay. it'll be interesting to see from an actual person's perspective uh, how, how it goes. Wow. what These are some great reads coming up, everybody. They're I, fantastic. The library will get all of them. Like I said, a lot of them are already in. Um, the popular ones, you might want to put some holds on to get them. But yeah, some good stuff coming out. We'll probably do another book one in the future because there's like, seriously, there is a ton of good stuff that I want to put on everyone's radar that's coming out. It's nothing better than a good book, Jacob. That's true. And you know where you can get good books? <gasps> all 37 branches da, 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 da. of the Buffalo and Erie County Public Library. <laughs> They're all over Erie County, everybody. So stop on by, tell them that, uh, you know, I'm looking for some books and they'll be like, you've come to the right place, sir. They, they um, probably will. Also, don't forget to visit our website, www.buffalolib.org. You can find uh, where the bookmobile is going to be. You can go check your account online. You can get some ebooks, some audiobooks, all that yeah, good stuff, it guys. Like you can do just about anything. It is limitless possibilities. You, also <laughs> you get, can see programs. You get free music music 
every month. I Holy mean, cow. Why wouldn't you, you be can, there? There is a system to just request books that we don't own that you want mm-hmm. and media. And you know who reads them? Not me. Michelle will be That's right true. on top of it. I actually, I will read those. And, she's gonna and then I'll like, buy them for you. Yeah. And it's, if you put a little addendum like, I love all booked up, she'll be like, well, you're going to be a rush order. We're gonna get that's this actually, ready for you. that's probably accurate. I'm easily won over. And, and don't forget, follow us on Twitter at allbookeduppod, where I just mostly put the randomest things. Yeah, which is better than mine. Oh, I put one thing that I thought was awesome is that Terry Gross, I had no idea she got her start in Buffalo. Oh, on really? the that Buff State local radio station. Oh. That was how she learned that she loved radio. Oh, that's pretty fun. I actually helped out on a couple of shows at that radio station. Look for at a that. While. You are, you know, two degrees from Terry Gross. Maybe I don't know. Okay. We're, we're, are we the same per- am I Terry Gross? A, I might be. <laughs> a couple a couple facts here. Um, I've done some book facts before, but I don't think I've done these. The most expensive book ever purchased was sold for thirty point eight million dollars. Um, it was the Codex Leicester. Nailed it. Do you, I don't know. I, that's probably not correct, but no, it's, by, right. it's by Leonardo da Vinci, and it was purchased. Who could buy a book for $30.8 million, would you say? Uh, About Codex. Jeremy Renner. It's by Bill Gates. Um, but yeah, so that's most expensive book purchase ever. I, I thought it was going to be a Gutenberg Bible, honestly. $30.8 million for a book. That um, seems a bit excessive. The longest sentence ever printed is 823 words. It's called a run-on sentence. You you is. would think that. Um, it's But it's that's a legit sentence that exists in one of your favorites, Victor Hugo's Les Miserables. Really? Yeah. Well, what the heck were they going on? I'm like, come on, John Valjean, take a breath. How my many man. commas can you possibly put? That sounds like Faulkner. He loved those run-on sentences. As far as I'm to understand, you can only have two commas in a sentence, and then it gets a little. Then you're like, I don't. I gotta, turn a page to keep reading the sentence. I do not know what yeah. is going on. You, you get two commas, two parentheses, and then you better throw a period or an exclamation <laughs> you're, you're, point on there. I'm get done out. with you. Um, do you know that when books first came out, authors' names didn't used to be printed on the covers? Uh, sure. Yeah, well, the covers were for, for the first printed books were considered artwork, so they were covered in drawings and leather and a lot of times gold. So after mm. all that, there wasn't a place for the author's name. So not important. <laughs> They're just covering gold. It. You beat somebody to death with their book to keep their gold. And my favorite, and maybe we need to plan a trip there, but Icelandic people, they read more than anybody else. Really? Yeah, they did some surveys. I don't know if it has to do with the weather or if they just grow up really loving books, but they are the most well-read peoples. Oh, that's kind of cool. Don't forget, everybody, Greenland is full of ice, and Iceland is very nice. Learn that from the Mighty Ducks Part 2. Never going to forget it. <laughs> let's let's just end it. Thanks so much for listening. Holy cow! Next week, episode one hundred. We're in the triple digits. Now. I might even bring donuts. But donuts, guests. It's gonna be a big show, everybody. It's gonna be awesome. I'm nervous. All right. Thanks so much for listening. We'll catch you next time. Bye.